they're still playing football. Oh, baby, how big is that? What a great moment. Your triple crown winner in 2012, Miguel Cabrera. Down River Down Low. Now here's your host, Andrew Cox and Jonathan Johns. Good evening, everyone. My name is Andrew Cox, and I'm alongside Jonathan Johns. Uh, it's a uh, another gloomy Monday evening here in the Motor City. Uh, you know, day baseball today for the Tigers, so that game's over with. Uh, they fought off some thunderstorms, and you saw a great pitching matchup. John, you were there. Uh, what was your take on the game? Oh, I thought it was a really good game. I enjoyed myself a lot. Um, actually, got to be able to. Uh, I, I got to be able to see two of the two really good pitchers right here in the American League with Justin Verlander and uh, Chris Sale for the Boston Red Sox. And um, I was making jokes the whole time talking about binoculars out in center field and and uh, you know cutting up the jersey when he was in Chicago. But um, he looked really good today. And uh, <clears throat> you know, it was, honestly, it was nice to see because we did go to opening day. This past weekend as well. It's good seeing Mookie back in uh, the outfield and playing again. But uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. went down with his knee injury at, after I think he uh, ran into the wall the other day on a Nick Castellanos flyout. So, um, so if you're a Boston fan out there, Jackie Bradley Jr. is out for about ten days. You're already missing Jackie Bradley Jr. You're missing uh, Mookie was out, but back now you, you're missing Bogarts and you're missing Hanley. So uh, the injury bug has bit the starting lineup of the Red Sox. But we got a lot to talk about tonight. Whether it's Tigers, and uh, it, it's really not that much. We got a lot of Tigers, and then we got some Farewell to the Joe. And, and the it, Palace, too. They, tonight? They close it tonight. So uh, lots of farewells going on. Uh, we, we're probably not going to have too long of a show for you, so hopefully uh, you're, you're tuned in for you know the duration of this. But we are about a, a, a little over a week into the uh, Major League Baseball season. It's been interesting. Got some crazy standings. We'll get to that because there's quite a few teams that you're not used to seeing at the top of the uh, standings in any of the divisions actually on top. So we got a lot to get into there. But opening day, I want, I want to take a quick – we're not going to talk about the game. I just want to talk about the, the festivities. And uh, this, I've never been to another opening day besides Detroit, but you've got to think that Detroit's got one of the biggest parties on opening day. It's a phenomenal time. they got block parties, you know, many different tents. It's just a – Full force holiday here, and you know, we saw we ran into a lot of people from work that day, you know, uh, throughout the hospital uh, there, and they're they're talking, oh yeah, I took the day off because it's like a holiday, and in Detroit, I think it's it's viewed as as just as that as a holiday. Well, that's how it is, and a lot of people like you, you'll hear people go, oh, it's it's a statewide holiday, no matter whether you're from you know Detroit, Grand Rapids, Lansing, wherever you might be, people come from all over the state. And Tiger fans from honestly, like from from all over the Midwest, they'll come in here because they know what kind of uh, experience it is here in uh, uh, you know here in Detroit. And being able to see Opening Day last year, we went we just went to the uh, last year we just did a Opening Day show, and then uh, we did some tailgating a little bit, and then this year we did a little bit more tailgating as well as um, doing the uh, uh, going to the game this year as well. So uh, I had a lot of fun with that, and then, uh, uh, I'm glad we were able to. Uh, uh, experience that this year um, you ended up uh, we actually both got to enjoy it this year and because uh, that was actually I think the third opening day for me and uh, my favorite part honestly about the, like the whole baseball uh, opening day aspect is I love the flyovers because you don't see that on everyday baseball games and it just it just it, it brings a tear to my eye and they, they did a great little uh, ceremony for uh, Mike Gillich as well yeah they did and again everybody around the league has kind of done uh, in the NHL paid tribute but I don't think the major leagues did uh, just the Tigers, and it was a, it was a phenomenal ten minute video tribute. They got the outfield grass uh, cut into Mister I. They, they raised the flag, so a lot of tributes to him this week with the Joe closing as well. We got a lot to get into. Uh, we're gonna go to a quick commercial break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna break down that that farewell to the Joe. I think that's a, a fitting way to start the show. 
because it was a very uh, sad moment we were doing in the Bruins show last night, and I, I had to tell the guys, "Hey guys, I'm I'm crying. Screw it. Don't 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 talk crap. I'm I'm crying." So uh, you're listening to the Downriver Download. More schedules and scores than anywhere on the web are at your fingertips at the MHSAA Score Center. You can check out daily schedules and results in all sports at the varsity and sub-varsity levels. Drill down to find out information by school and conference. You can also become a registered user of the MHSAA website and report results. Click on scores and schedules from the homepage of the MHSAA website to visit the Score Center. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics. All high school sports, but especially contact sports like football, produce their share of injuries. But never have its players been better equipped, better coached, and better protected by rules which have lowered, that's right, lowered catastrophic injuries. Football is a special sport doing great things for kids, schools, and communities. It's safer than ever, and we're working to keep it that way. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Educational athletics start in a healthy environment. As much attention needs to be given to the four H's, head, heart, history, and hydration, as the X's and O's. Visit the MHSAA website and click on Education for a variety of resources to make you better aware of school sports health issues, including links to free online courses on hydration and concussions. A public service message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association, promoting the value and values of educational athletics. We visited Cabrini during Alyssa's 8th grade year and immediately felt comfortable. The students were involved in the open house and Cabrini had a family atmosphere to it. Alyssa's mom and I decided pretty quickly that Cabrini was the right school for our family. I love the extracurricular activities like tennis, photography club, and the dances. I enjoy my teachers and have met some really great friends. While we are a Christian family, we are not Catholic. My wife and I both felt that the curriculum in the Catholic school system was top-notch, which was the primary reason we chose a Catholic education. Cabrini has reinforced that decision. For more information, please call 313-388-0110, 313-388-0110, or visit cabriniparish.org. That's cabriniparish.org. Hey guys, this is Jesse Goss from the Spokes Beat Podcast. Check us out each week as we talk about the latest Bruins action, talk about their push to the playoffs, and anything else that's happening around the NHL. You can follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter, and Facebook. You're listening to the Downriver Download. I'm Jonathan Schantz alongside Andrew Cox. And uh, it was kind of uh, mutual having to come out with Hey Hey Hockey Town as uh, your Detroit Red Wings. As your Detroit Red Wings will be saying, had, did say goodbye to the Joe Lewis Arena last night uh, with a phenomenal tribute. It was probably about an hour, hour and 15 minutes or so. They brought out uh, some of the greats, some of the guys you might not have even known were, were still around. And uh, I think, you know, there was no other, there was no bigger name than Stevie Y coming back. Yeah, well, I talked to a few people that were there, actually, a few guys that worked today uh, throughout the hospital. One guy told me he didn't get home until after 1 o'clock. So that he he got there about one thirty for the red carpet thing, and uh, didn't get home till after one o'clock. So it was a long twelve hours. And he went to work today. <laughs> yeah. So he uh, yeah. The, the farewell to the Joe, thirty seven years. Thirty eight. Thirty eight. This was the thirty eighth year. Uh, fairly, I mean, young for a, a new stadium to, uh, you know, be replaced. It, it wasn't old by any stretch. There's been older stadiums. I mean, look at Fenway, look at Wrigley well, I think, in, in the major leagues. For the, for the NHL, I think it was the second oldest stadium in the NHL. I'm not sure who the Madison oldest Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. So, but other than that, that was the second oldest, so you'll be seeing a new uh, a new stadium uh, next year for your Detroit Red Wings. And uh, on, on top of that, too, you know, we're saying tonight, you know, tonight we're saying goodbye to the Palace, and everyone says, oh, the Joe, you've seen four Stanley Cups there at the Joe. You've seen three NBA championships, Larry O'Brien trophies lifted at you know at the Palace of Auburn Hills. You know you have the because they opened it in '88, so you have the '89, the '90, and the '04 Pistons all brought home the Larry O'Brien Trophy to the Palace of Auburn Hills. So you have a lot of history there. So that's seven championships for both stadiums combined. And you had the WNBA championships there. You had the Detroit Vipers played out of there. So you had many you know different franchises that played out of the Palace. 
It's a great concert venue, too. So, uh, again, both teams will be heading downtown next year. It looks like a really nice facility, so it looks like it's going to be fun. But as for that ceremony last night, they brought a lot of greats back. But here comes the negative part. It really made me mad to not see the likes of Pavel Datsuk, Sergei Fedorov. Those two, in particular, were the two of the people that weren't there. And Sergei Fedorov never made it back to any of the Stanley Cup celebrations. And uh, Pavel Detsuk didn't make it back either. Yeah, I know Pavel's playing in Russia right now, but for a tribute like that, I mean, look at Tampa Bay had a game yesterday. Stevie Y was there. Yes, yeah, Stevie Y is just the GM, but he was there. And for you know, those two who were considered greats here, everybody argued those two should have their jerseys retired, but couldn't be there in the biggest, uh, the biggest games of, or the, well, probably the biggest game. In the Joe Louis you know, arena history, besides the Stanley Cup games. Who do you think enjoyed the farewell to the Joe yesterday the most? Because the one person that came to my mind was Riley Shahan. Yeah. He finally he finally scored after uh, <laughs> he finally scored after eighty one games this year not scoring and he scores two and he scores the game winner, the last one at the Joe Lewis Arena. And uh it's it's just it's kinda funny because it's like I was I was hoping he didn't score, but then it was kinda cool for him to be able to get that goal. Uh, back at home, and uh, also congratulations to Henrik Zettenberg on his 1,000th game as a Detroit Red Wing, and making that the final game at the Joe, I think that it just made it that much more special. Yeah, and again, it was a huge tribute, long, long show. Karen Newman, uh, you know, she performed uh, one of those, uh, very heart, you know, tugging at the uh, heartstrings, uh, so I, I don't know the name of it, but very emotional. I saw and, two sides of you with that, though, because you're like, why the heck is she singing and then you're just like, John, I'm, I'm tearing up. John, it's, it was, it was I, rough. I can't, like, I can't control myself. That was my childhood, you know, going to games at the Joe and even through adulthood. Like, I went to quite a few games this year and last year and, and just going to uh, the Joe and seeing, you know, it, it was, you walk in and you know there's history there, but it smelled. It was just run down. It's it's time. But, again, there's a lot of memories there, a lot of Stanley Cups. Now, my, my question is with the Palace and with, with Joe Lewis, you know, closing, do they bring all the banners? And that's something I think you maybe recent championships, not like your 1920, 1930 Stanley Cups, but, you know, put those in, in a Hall of Fame, maybe like a, a you know, because, again, they weren't there at the Joe. And I, I kind of felt like the the Raptors kind of got full and, and of just so many unnecessary things. So I think maybe the retired jerseys, bring those. Maybe the recent Stanley, you know, Stanley Cup and NBA championships within the last 15, 20 years. That's about it. Well, I, I can say the same thing. I think, uh, honestly, I think the championships they won in each one of their stadiums, whether it be at the Palace or at the Joe, um, you bring those championship banners in. And then, like you said, like kind of like a Hall of Fame or like a maybe, maybe, maybe like a Walk of Fame and just have just like like, like a glass uh, uh, showcase, you know, as you walk into like like the player's entrance or something or, you know, a, a certain wing of, you know, Little Caesar Arena, you can have those banners, whether it be the, the, the you know, the, the Stanley Cup banners or the uh, President's Trophy or the, you know, whatever, whatever it you might be. You don't need every division championship, every conference championship. You know what I'm saying, just it, even if you put that right there in the kind of like, like, a, like a Hall of Fame kind of area, I think it'd be really nice, and I think it'd be a, a nice little touch to a, uh, a new stadium. Because what it does is, one, it already runs down the rafters. Two, fill the rafters with new banners. You know, a lot of teams pride themselves, and I, – I, I hate to dig at Rangers fans, but Rangers fans pride themselves on their three Stanley Cup championships they won, and the last one was in the early 90s, and the ones before that was in the, the 40s or 50s. They have those banners hanging up. People pride themselves, oh, we have three Stanley Okay, cute. Montreal's got 20-something. So, again, fill the Raptors. Give them a purpose. You know, Hopefully these teams come fire up, because this revenue team was terrible this year. This Pistons team was terrible this year. Give them some incentive to fill those rafters of a brand new stadium with some Stanley Cup championships and some NBA championships and divisions or whatever. Then, but make it well. Whatever happened in the Joe, the Stanley Cups and the the Palace championships, bring those. That's great. That's seven banners. Bring those. But just to bring every banner, I think it's just it, it's pointless. Fill the rafters with new stuff, and and maybe maybe incorporate some new sort of. Uh, retirement hall of fame you know hanging the numbers yeah I, I you see different varieties and different styles in, in all arenas and stadiums if you maybe get like a, a picture of that person put it on a banner and their number or something like change it up don't make it just the the same 
uh, basic thing. Ch- change it up. New new arena, change things up. Bring thing, And then put those in the Hall of Fame. And, and I think that might bring up fan experience and, and just bring a new culture, new feeling to those stadiums. And like I said, I, I 100% agree with you. I, I do think that with the banners at, at Little Caesar Arena, they really they really do need to do something. And honestly, I'd really hope that they would do something for Illich, you know, with, with, with that as well. Because I know, like, when you go to the Palace, you see up in the rafters, you see, like, I don't think it was his, he's retired, like, his, like, a something not, not, nothing really retired, but it says, like, you know, Bill Davidson, you know, with his signature across the top. And it was, just, it was a nice, probably about 25, 30 foot, you know, long banner. Just going across saying, you know, William Davidson, and then you have all the retired players for the Pistons underneath. And I think that's a good touch. You know, something like that to where, you know, you can bring something in like that for Mike Illich. And even, even you know, even do, you know, an Illich and a Davidson because they, they were the ones that brought the championships here to Detroit. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think what needs to be done is bringing a new culture. Again, the Rebbings had the big playoff streak, and, and it snapped this year. So now it's a new team, new new history. you, you got to rewrite, you know, everything. I don't think you're going to get that long of a consecutive streak, especially with the way the NHL's changed right now. But I think if you just bring a new culture into this new arena, bring you know, re- re-identify yourself. That's what you need to do. You need to re-identify yourself. You're not the team with the long playoff streak. You're not the team that's won those four Stanley Cups. You're a completely different team. And we hit on that. We talked about this last night. But what's the best way to to start off a new stadium and and bring back and recreate a, a new history? bringing Stevie Y back and making changes. So I, I think that's a possibility. If, if Ken Holland gets fired, which I don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. He deserves to be fired, but I just don't see them doing it. And uh, you saw what Stevie Y's been able to do with these early round draft picks he's had in Tampa. And uh, it, it just would be, uh, you know, a fitting entrance. And he looks like he enjoys being back in Detroit. And he, he just, the city loves him. And if you look at all superstars for most, uh, you know, any of the, the big major sports here, who's the most iconic one around? That's Stevie Y. Yeah. If you think about it, yeah, Barry, but the way Barry went out, Barry wasn't like that. Alan Trammell, okay, Kurt Gibson, uh, Al Kaline. You still have Isaiah, you know, Isaiah on the Pistons, the Pistons scheme. And, you know, that's, that's, and I wouldn't really say Joe Dumars. You know, I think Lambier is still up there as well, but I don't think he's the one of the most iconic. But honestly, I do feel that uh, you know the, the top two should be Stevie and it should be Lidstrom. These are two of the big name people. When you think of Detroit, you think of those two. Then you think of you know, it's if you're a, if you're a Little Caesar Arena fan, Kid Rock, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I just think that that would change the culture and open up a new stadium with a new era, and and that's what needs to happen because your, your culture has to change and. Again, it was a terrible year for the Revenues. They are done now. But uh, playoffs start Wednesday. Very excited for playoffs. So uh, we can break down the playoff series here in a minute if you want. Um, but if you, while I get those up, do you want to say any last words about the Joe? My, my, I'll give you my favorite memory. And then if you, I don't know if you have a favorite memory. My favorite memory, I've been to a lot of games at the Joe. I'll never forget when I was, I think it was the 97 year. I was, I was real young, six, seven years old. And... Uh, my parents took me. Everybody had the flu in the house, but my parents took me. And this day, Sergey Fedorov scored five goals against Washington, and it it was a great, great you know experience. And just seeing that, being there, and they always showed that as one of the greatest days in Joe Louis Arena history. And it was just a phenomenal day, and uh, I'll never forget that one. I need to start going to more and more games with you because you go to that game. You went to both JV's no hitters. I need to start just going. Just dude, we need to buy some season tickets because other otherwise. We'll see some great games. He's, he's, it's like I, I didn't get to witness, you know, the, you know, the, the no hitters in person, or you know, the, the, the some of the greatest games you'll ever see. And it's like I guess you know, it's you learn what you know, you learn something new every day about you know someone you've been you know friends with for you know years now. It's you know? a great, you know, nothing beats a no hitter. I'm just being honest. <laughs> nothing beats being there. But what's your favorite memory of the Joe? Honestly, I, I, I don't I haven't had very many memories at the Joe. I've seen about three or four Red Wing games there. Um, I've seen, you know, we, we've gone to back, I've gone to back-to-back, back-to-back Horizon League championships there. Um, you know, I've gotten t- the, the chance to actually skate on the ice and kind of get like a little back, you know, uh, behind-the-scenes tour around the Joe as well. But honestly, I, I I think you really can't forget that first that first Red Wings game you ever go to. You know, I, it, was a, still, it was still a couple years ago for me. Um, growing up, we were ne- coming from a family, we were never big hockey fans. But I was like, hey, I'm from Detroit. You can't not like the Red Wings. You can't not root for the Red Wings. 
So I'm like, hey, let's let's give this a chance. I don't fully understand all the rules for hockey, but I'll sit there. I'll try to you know learn a little bit and you know and see a great atmosphere like the Joe. And uh, you know it's and it was another one of those things too. It's that you can't really not go to the Joe. You know it's you know I wish I was old enough to say, hey, yeah, I went to Tiger Stadium. You know because I never did. Yeah, I have I have a really cool memory from Tiger Stadium. You know, or yeah, going to the Silver Dome. You know, you you never got to really. Yeah, I never went there. And that's the other thing is that you you see these places like this. And it's like, hey, yeah, oh, I remember going to there, and I can't be like, oh, I, I can, I want to be, able, I can now say, I remember going to the Joe. I remember watching my first Red Wings game at the Joe, and watch and seeing them. You know, I think, I think they won four to one over uh, Chicago that day, and uh, it was just, it was great because you sit at home and you watch the games on TV, and you hear, you know, don't stop believing, and Detroit Rock City, and you know, Sweet it's Caroline. Sweet it's, Caroline, something there too. And honestly, it's and the, and the coolest part about that whole night though, and it wasn't that like. You know, it's not. It was because of this reason. Was there was a bad call made on the ice, and the whole arena just starts saying BS. And it was just, it was kind of funny because it was like all in unison. And it's not that wasn't like the biggest reason, but that was just kind of like a a funny moment for me. It was like, hey, I was, you know, even even the living on the prayer, like when yeah. when they play that and and it, the song stops once the puck drops, the the arena just kept going, and that's something that. Not a lot of stadiums do. That place was lively. Or even here in Let's Go Red Wings. You, every, you hear it on TV. You hear every it Every game live. you sold out. It doesn't matter how good or bad that team was. They sold out all the time because that place was just a very, uh, you know, it was a good venue. And, again, I, I'm a very excited for the new stadium, but uh, yet very sad to see the Joe go, whether it's because it's a great stadium or just the history and, and the memories I have there. Because, again, I got to go to games at Tiger Stadium. I remember when they opened up Comerica Park. And I had a good memory from Tiger Stadium. My dad and my mom took me to a game when we, you know one of the last games at Tiger Stadium, and uh, I went to the bathroom. You know, I was all I think I was like that was ninety nine, so you know eight or nine. And I'm, I'm in the bathroom peeing, and I look over. And I go, "That's Darren McCarty next to me." I look at my dad. I'm like, "Dad, that's Darren McCarty." He's like, "No, it's not." Oh my God, that's Darren McCarty. <laughs> and my dad walks out of the bathroom. You know, and to find my mom, and I'm sitting there talking to him, and I'm like, "You're Darren McCarty," and we started. Talking. We walked out of the bathroom talking. My mom had this like blank look on her face, like my dad's like, "I told you," like he was talking to, my to son in the bathroom. he was talking to Darren McCarty, and it was really cool. I got to talk to Darren McCarty at one of the games. You know, and I knew who he was. I looked. I was like, "That's Darren McCarty." Like, how cool is that yeah. at nine years old? You know, yes, it's not a, a great spot to meet somebody, but well, at nine years old, you're like. I just ran into Darren McCarty in the bathroom of Tiger Stadium. Like, how cool is that? So, and that's how I was. And that's not like you know meeting you know meeting a, a former hockey player in uh you know in the bathroom at the uh, at Tiger Stadium. But you know, walking around Chicago, you know, back in 2012, I ended up getting you know I ended up meeting Quentin Berry, Jim Leland, you know, and it was just because they were pleased. We went to the Cubs game out there at Wrigley, and it was just like it's just kind of those cool moments. Like, hey, like he's not wearing a uniform, or he's not like all dressed up. He's wearing. You know, closing. He of course Real just life. of course he was smoking his Pall Mall. Of <laughs> course, you know, probably you know just smoking a cigarette. But you no, know, it's, it's just those little moments you'll always remember. You yeah. know, whether it's you know whether it's meeting someone in the bathroom at uh, at Tiger Stadium or uh, you know singing you know Sweet Caroline or Detroit Rock City at the Joe. I mean, what's your what's your one of your memories from going to Fenway one time or two times? Oh, it's going to be Sweet Caroline, really Sweet Caroline. And, and being at Fenway Park. So you still have those memories whether you've been there one time. I can't listen to my town without tearing up anymore either. I listened to that on the way home today. I'm like, hey, Red Wings are out of town. I can officially become a Red Sox fan again. Because it, was, it was hard for me today to sit there and just try to pick a team. It, trust me, it was hard Friday not to wear Red Sox here. But all right, let's get into uh, – the, the playoff matchups before we get a little off topic here. But, again, farewell to the Joe, farewell to the Palace. Uh, thanks for the memories. There's some people that are upset about the whole Palace thing, too, because people are losing jobs. You know, it's it's a brand-new stadium. You know, they're like, oh, Bill Davidson would never have wanted this to happen. Well, Bill Davidson's not here anymore, Like, and, and, and God rest his soul. You know, Bill Davidson was a great owner for the Pistons, but, honestly, it's it, they needed something to change. And I'm, I'm glad they're coming back, you know, to Detroit. And uh, it'll be a lot closer not having to drive an hour. All right. So in the in the Eastern Conference playoffs, uh, round one, the Atlantic Division, number one seed, and the number two seed overall in the Eastern Conference. Montreal takes on the first wild card, the New York Rangers. Uh, in the That game one is Wednesday night in Montreal. The Ottawa Senators, the two seed in the Atlantic, take on the... Number three seed in the Atlantic, the Boston Bruins. That series opens up Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. 
in the the number one overall seed in the entire Eastern Conference and the President's Trophy winners, I do believe the Washington Capitals will take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto is one of those teams that shocked shocked the entire league this year. Game one is Thursday. Then you have Pittsburgh versus Columbus. I think that's going to be the best first-round series you see all year. And that's a tough one to pick. Moving on to the Western Conference, you've got the number one overall seed, Chicago Blackhawks, taking on the Nashville Predators. Then the Minnesota Wild taking on St. Louis Blues. In the Pacific Division, you have the Anaheim Ducks taking on Calgary, which will be another good first-round series. And then you have the Edmonton Oilers taking on the defending Western Conference champions in the San Jose Sharks in that series. Connor McDavid gets his team in the playoffs, and uh, got a lot of young talent in the playoffs this year for the NHL. But, uh, John, is there any series that pop out to you? Not being a big hockey fan, you, you know, I know that, but is there any series that pop out to you? Well, honestly, I think the uh, the, the Pittsburgh series kind of pops out to me because knowing what Columbus has done this year with their long streak. I th- was it just a long streak as well as the play- their home streak as well? Um, you know, and, you know, it's always, you know, Pittsburgh's never a bad choice throughout the year. And uh, I can't remember, well, I'm trying to remember what the Western Conference matchup was that I was thinking, that I just thought about, and it just blinked. Is it Edmonton-San Jose or is it Anaheim-Calgary? Anaheim-Calgary was the other one. Um, you know, Ana- Anaheim's, it's, even on their bad years, they're still a good team. And, it, and that's and that's kind of how the Red Wings used to be. You know, and they weren't the one-and-dones in the playoffs. So, you know, those are kind of the both sides that, that really stood out to me. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to those. But I'm really looking forward to that Washington-Toronto series. A lot of people are saying Washington's going to blow out Toronto, and I'm one of those. But I'd like to see the Austin Matthews-Alexander Ovechkin matchup. I really, you know, you see the, the veteran Oshie and Backstrom and, and Ovechkin on the Washington team taking on young guys like Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews and Nazim Kadri and then uh, James Van Riems like for that Toronto team. Mike Babcock did a phenomenal job. A lot of coaches are going to get a lot of consideration for Coach of the Year, whether it's Calgary's coach, uh, Edmonton. Uh, I, I think Mike Babcock got to be one of the favorites to uh, – to win the coach of the year because nobody, nobody expected Toronto to be there. Has there ever been a coach that switched teams during the year and still won coach of the year? Like potentially Julian could? Last year. And that was uh, Mike Sullivan when he became, when he didn't switch teams, but they fired their head coach. Mm-hmm. He took over in de- like early December and uh, goes on, wins the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup and won coach of the year. So uh, for for that, that's about all the NHL we got. Pistons are out of the playoffs. The Western Conference has all been uh, clinched. The best matchup in that one is going to be uh, Houston versus OKC. Looking forward to that one. And the Eastern Conference still has, I think, six, seven, eight, or seven and eight. I haven't seven clinched. and eight are locked up, and they, you can still have Toronto still take over the number one seed and with Cleveland Boston. and Boston. All right, so we're going to go to a quick commercial break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Tigers and uh, how they've done so far this season. Look ahead of this week's schedule and then uh, probably wrap it up after that. You're listening to the Downriver Download. Catch live video of MHSAA championships on the MHSAA.tv website. Live fall coverage includes finals in Lower Peninsula Cross Country, boys soccer, girls swimming and diving, and volleyball. Football final videos will be available on a same-day delay basis. Follow the finals all year long at MHSAA.tv. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association, promoting the value and values of educational athletics. Do you know what a concussion looks like? Did you know that 9 times out of 10, a concussion doesn't knock someone out? The signs and symptoms of a concussion sometimes don't manifest themselves until after the game. So learn what to look for. Visit the MHSA website and click on Education for more information. A public service message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics. Why do they officiate? Here's what they said. I officiate because I love to be involved in the sport and it continues to keep me in shape. It gives me an opportunity to be part of the activities as they still go on. And I feel that I can make a difference and be a role model to a lot of young, aspiring officials, and especially females, which we really need. You can be a high school referee. Just call or click the MHSAA. A public service message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. 
I grew up at Cabrini having three older siblings that all went to Cabrini High School, and I saw it as my turn to make my mark on Cabrini. I love the school, always have, and always will. My experience at Cabrini has been amazing. Being on homecoming court was a dream come true for me. Both my brother and sister were on court, and all I wanted was to carry on the legacy. I plan on going to the University of Alabama to major in biology and one day become a biomedical researcher. Cabrini has helped me so much to prepare for college. Taking four AP classes my senior year has made me realize the importance of time management and work ethic. I know when I graduate from Cabrini, college will seem like a walk in the park. Cabrini Parish Schools are dedicated to education and personal development through Catholic faith formation and quality academics. For more information, please call 313-388-0110, 313-388-0110, or visit cabriniparish.org. Hey everyone, it's Zach Weiner from the Spoke Bee Podcast. Make sure to check us out each week uh, as we discuss the Bruins, any trade rumors, latest action, and all the happenings around the NHL. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, all around the web. Join us each week. to the Down River Down Low. I'm Andrew Cox alongside Jonathan Schatz. On this weird, weird Monday, it goes from sunny to gloomy to sunny to gloomy to sunny again. I, I was sitting there and I was, and like, like Andrew mentioned earlier in the show, I, I went to the Tigers game today. You know, I took the day off. It was, uh, I took a nice four-day long weekend, you know, for my birthday. Went to opening day and then, you know, went to the game today. And it was uh, driving out there. It was, it was when, I left the, when I left the house, it was, it was sunny out. I started driving, uh, you know, into Detroit. And it starts getting a little more stormy. You know, I looked at my phone when I left the house. Said, "Hey, you know, no chance of rain until about seven, eight o'clock tonight." I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I, I get down there, and it just starts sprinkling on the way in, and we start walking. You know, I ended up parking at work. You know, free parking, of course. You know, why not take advantage of that? Walk the four blocks, and then uh, it just starts raining a little bit harder, and then a little bit harder, and then we get into the game, and they're delayed about 45 minutes. You know, 50, 40, 45 minutes or so. So uh, and then, but once that 45 minutes was gone, you wipe your seat off, get the water off of it, and you sit down, and I was warm. You know, I was burning up, you know, up in the 300 level just watching the game. And it's been a while since I've watched a game from up there. And, uh, like, kind of like dead center, not like in the outfield, like not like down the lines, but kind of like right behind home plate. And it was it was nice, you know. It was being able to see everything happening in the ballpark. And, uh, like I said earlier, it was it was hard for me to sit there and because I'm sitting there every time, you know, Ben Attendee comes up. I'm like, Ben Attendee. Or, you know, Pedroia stepped up, and I'm like, hey, you know, you know, I, I want to be like, hey, let, you know, let's go PD, but, you know, couldn't really do that very much in, uh, at Comerica. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it was it was a good weekend. And, like I said, it, it, it warmed up pretty good today, uh, you know, there, there at Comerica Park. I guess we can start with the, I don't, well, we'll talk about the record first, and then I want to talk about highlights and lowlights of this team. Because I got two that stand out right now to me that are lowlights to this team. Um, but the Tigers sit at 4-2 and two now. Uh, winning three out of four against a very good Boston team who was battling injuries, but you are in second place in the division behind Minnesota. So for the Tigers, you opened up in Chicago. You only got to play two of your three games in there. You had two rainouts in there. Um, now you, uh, I think Minnesota comes in next, and yes. then you go to Cleveland. We will be there Saturday for hopefully if the storms disappear. Uh, for my birthday, and I'll get to see, J- I'll get to see, see JV again. JV versus Kluber is the projected pitching matchup, so that's very exciting to go down there and see that. But yeah, for um, the Tigers, I think a four and two start is something you didn't expect, but it could be, uh, you know, with, with it might be something you actually did. No, did anybody actually expect them to win three out of four against Boston? Oh, not at all. I, I, Sale, Porcello. And Stephen Wright pitching. Oh, I, we went to the game Friday, and I have some people talking on Facebook saying, "Oh, you know, way to blow that, you know, way to blow the lead, you know, Boston bullpen." And I'm just like, "Hey, we uh, that's the one game we were going to win the series, and we end up pulling out two or th- two or three more out of that net now the next three. So uh, I didn't expect it, but you know, it's it's good to see that they're that they're playing at least well enough to sit there and win the games. Yeah, and and for that, they they don't look good. They don't. They, they haven't looked good. The offense is still chugging along. But I think the highlight's been minus Matt Boyd, the starting rotation. Yeah. Fulmer pitched phenomenal on an opening day. That it, was, it wasn't warm, but it wasn't too cold. But it was his first opening day at home start, his first time making the opening day roster, and he, he lived up to it. He pitched great. JV's had two great starts now. So it looks like he's continuing 
his, his run from last year. And uh, I just feel like with Norris the other day and uh, – Even Zimmerman on Saturday. He got the yeah, win. Zimmerman looked good too. That's the, that's the thing. Zimmerman looked healthy, and that's good. You know, you've had highlights in the lineup. Cassianos has looked good. You've got Iglesias swinging a good bat. McCann swinging a good bat. Kinsler looks decent. Two dingers. And then even uh, Matuk and, I'll, I'll say, and Jacoby Jones. I'll say Jacoby Jones, you know, watching the game today, he can run those balls. Like, he was running fly balls down like it was nothing. And I haven't seen someone like – and like I said, it's he, he's he's sitting there – what's that? I said since Austin Jackson, I was about right? to say, I, you yeah. know, it's, he's after he has speed in the outfield. And it's yeah, something we and, haven't had in a while. And that's what, I guess, I think earned him that starting spot. So uh, – I'm going to go through the standings throughout the entire league, and then I want to talk about the lowlights of this team because I think that'll take up a, a, a big chunk of our time. So, in the American League East, Baltimore is four and one, leading that division. Tampa's right behind them at five and three. Then you got Boston, New York, and Toronto. Toronto's one and five. It's a lot of people's pick to win the division. In the AL Central, uh, Minnesota five and one leads the division. You got the Tigers four and two. Cleveland's three and three, and then you have Chicago and Kansas City behind you. Kansas City's in last place in the division. Uh, in the AL West, the Angels at five and two lead. The Astros are four and three, followed by Oakland, Texas, and Seattle is in last place at one and six. And yes, Seattle's my wild card team coming out of the uh, AL. In the NL East, you have four teams tied for first place at three and three: the Marlins, Phillies, Nationals, Mets, and then you have the one and five Braves in last place. What's surprising you the most out of those four teams? Like the, the Phillies. Th- the Phillies. It was, it was, honestly, it was between the Phillies and Miami. I know Miami's going to be like, supposed to be good this year, but the Phillies were, were no doubt the surprise team out of that. And then the next two divisions, the Central and the West, they have very surprising teams at the top. But uh, the, the NL Central, Cincinnati and Chicago are tied at 4-2 and two leading the division. Pittsburgh follows, then St. Louis, then Milwaukee. And then the NL West, my team is in second place, the team that I picked to win the division, but or uh, I think I picked them to be the wild card, actually. Uh, and that's Arizona's six and one, leading the division. Then Colorado's five and two in second. Then you have the Dodgers, Padres, and in last place the two and five Giants. Out of those standings, what team for the the on, on, is the surprising team with the win loss record on the top of the division? Honestly, it's, you you can't go any other team besides Arizona. Honestly, six. I, I think six and one. Being at the top of their, being the top of the NL West, they're, they're top of the the major leagues. And yeah. then my surprise, I'm not gonna lie, Arizona was one of mine, but my surprise is the team leading the American League, and that's the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, nobody expected them to be five and one and leading the American League in in anything right now. So that's my surprise. On the uh, bottom half of the standings, who's your biggest surprise? You got a lot of teams people picked to be playoff teams: Toronto, Seattle, uh, even San Francisco. Towards the bottom, uh, St. Louis is there. Kansas City's there. Yankee, who's your biggest surprise? Honestly, I think both my wild card teams are at the bottom of their division. That's Toronto and Seattle. I think I picked Toronto at least. Yep. But Toronto and Seattle, I think I'll, I'll give it to I'll give them co co disappointing teams because I think with them being my wild card teams potentially, they're not really living up to the 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 accolades I think that they were going to put up on the board this year. Those are both good ones, but I'm going to go with San Francisco, and you know why? Because they signed Melanson, they shirred up the back end of their bullpen, and their bullpen was supposed to be top-notch and uh, carry them to another World Series championship. So San Francisco being at the bottom because their bullpen has struggled. Now to transition to my hatred of what's gone on so far in the first week of the season for the Detroit Tigers, and that is the bullpen is the same freaking thing, but Justin Wilson's looked good. Justin Wilson's been pro- probably the only highlight in that bullpen. You have Kyle Ryan came in yesterday, got shelled. K-Rod's blown a save already, got a win because of it. And he technically, he, got a, he blew a hold, technically, at that, at that point. It was a four-out save. It was a four-out save. He, blew, he, he came in for a four-out save and blew it. Got a win. Rondon, we are, he, he got optioned down to AAA today, and you, you called up Joe Jimenez. Who's gonna, you know, get his chance at the majors? You look at Shane Green. Shane Green hasn't been good, and it's just been. Oh, don't let me forget Sanchez. Sanchez hasn't looked good either. That bullpen. You're paying Sanchez sixteen million dollars to be in your bullpen, and he's struggling. And uh, I, I don't know. I just feel like the bullpen should be a lot better. I'm more concerned about the bullpen than I am the lineup with Upton and 
Victor, and Miggy. You know, those three guys not doing anything right now. Miggy's hitting zero a point zero nine five. He's two for twenty one this year. And we we talked about this. Victor and him and Kinsler went to the World Baseball Classic. You see guys like Altuve struggling throughout the league. You got a lot of guys. Correa is struggling. Machado's struggling. You saw what Machado did in the uh, in the in the league. And uh, these guys went to uh, the World Baseball Classic, and they really seem to have gotten off to a slow start. And my question is, did the World Baseball Classic hurt these guys? Oh, no doubt I think it did. I think it really is sped up the way that they train and during the off season, and I really think that it, it, it really messed with their minds mentally because they're facing off against, yeah, they're facing off against major league talent, but you have to think about it. Cabrera went to the World Baseball Classic, he did, he did average, and then he ends up getting hurt, and then that screwed him for the spring for spring training. Because then instead of getting the reps he would have needed during spring training to, to to whether work through that injury or to rest at the moment, he was out there trying to sit there and you know, either shagging balls during the World Baseball Classic, or he's sitting there just preparing for the next game against a fellow countryman. You know what I mean? And, I, and I, honestly, I think it did. I think it really did hurt him, and I think it really will hurt baseball at this moment. Yeah, I do too. I, I think it hurts those guys again. They you said they sped it up, but they were competing at such a high level. They probably used quite a bit of energy er, that early in the season, where now they've got to rebuild what they would have been building in spring training, and that's reps. Again, you're getting reps, but it's different types of reps. You're not you weren't playing every day. You were getting days off. It was you, know, you had pitchers that weren't in the major leagues. Again, there's a lot of major league talent, but there was pitchers not in the major leagues that you were facing every couple days, and. I just think that that really hurt them, and again, Cabrera is going to be fine. He's going to be fine, but guys, guys like Victor, guys like Victor scare me. He's got zero speed, and if he's not hitting, he is worthless. He is your DH. He is worthless if he's not hitting. So, again, Kinsler, Kinsler's the only guy that played in the World Baseball Classic that's done anything remotely good right now. What's the most surprising thing about this Tigers team right now on the positive side? Because for me personally, I think with you know, for me personally, I think it's Nick Castellanos in the two hole. He's he's played very well and he's looked very good as of lately. And it, it's just it's 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 showing me that he's he's up to the challenge. You know, for you know for the uh, uh, you know for that two hole. And uh, I'm excited to see what can uh, uh, what can come about for this uh, uh, Tiger starting lineup. I would have to say the. I have to say the health, what looks like the health of Jordan Zimmerman. Again, it's it's not a easy thing to come back from. He battled injuries. He looked great first half of the or first month of the season last, year, and then he got hurt. I'm interested to see how he battles back, how he does, and if he can stay healthy. Norris didn't look bad, but the thing with Norris is last year was the same thing. First, second time through the lineup, he's phenomenal. He gets guys swinging and missing. He he's he makes things happen, and then that third time around, the wheels fall off. And with this bullpen, they have no strength in this bullpen right now to carry this team. Today, JV threw seven solid innings. I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. Again, it was Justin Wilson coming in, so I knew that he would be able to hopefully get the job done. But he struggled at the second half of last year. I I'm just the starting pitching. Fulmer pitched great. Should have got a win on opening day. He left four one. And he comes back and doesn't get a win out of it. And like stuff like that, it can hurt you. Look at Verlander last year. Verlander, I think, would have probably won the Cy Young, whether Rick Porcello had 22 wins or not. I think Verlander would have won the Cy Young if he would have got three or four of those wins that the bullpen blew on him. And I think if he, his be- record's better than 16-7, and seven, I think that's what he was last year. If it's, if it's better than that, then he's winning the Cy Young because he had – Multiple games where he left in the seventh, eighth inning with a lead. K Rod blew it, or the rest of the bullpen blew it. And again, Fulmer, you don't want to start talking Fulmer Cy Young, but the way he pitched last year, he was in the talks. And if he was to have another strong year, which if he could have another dominant year, people are going to start talking about him as an elite pitcher, this year being year two. And, and again, a lot of pitchers have sophomore slumps, a lot of players have sophomore slumps. And he didn't look like he had that in, in that game the other day on Friday. So. If you look back at the past history, bullpen blowing these games could come back and haunt you when it comes to Cy Young. And if that ends up hurting him, 
for Cy Young. You know, everybody knows that's our weak part of our bullpen. And if you can knock around a starter and get him up for two runs and get him out of the game and you're still trailing, you have a pretty darn good chance of coming back and winning the ball game against this bullpen. Oh, I was terrified today because JV gave up that one run in the second inning. And I said with the way Chris Sale was play, pitching today, that that might be the final score of one nothing, because both pitches were were dealing. You know that the, the the umpire behind the plate wasn't wasn't calling those borderline strikes like he was. You know, er, you know later on in the game, you know early on. So uh, and honestly, I, I I was happy to see Justin Wilson come in today, for the fact of I saw who was warming up before Austin went out there to talk to JV, and that was Shane Green. I did not want no part of Shane Green pitching in that game today because I knew that he would potentially struggle. I would rather have seen Justin Wilson like we did. Here's a problem. Even with how the starting pitching did this week and the first week, if Boston's healthy, you're probably getting swapped. Your offense disappeared. Yeah, they had two great pitchers. Porcello looked like crap yesterday, and you ended up losing. But you, you were all over him, and you still couldn't muster up more than four runs. It's... I don't know. I, I Again, I'm not going to beat a dead horse because they're 4-2 a week in the season. Nobody expecting to be that. With, with, with two rainouts. <laughs> yeah, with with Boston being, you know, as good as they are and in the fa- heavy favorites in the American League. Nobody expecting you to win three out of four. They could be big, but you, you got a really good Minnesota team apparently coming in. This could be big because if you get swept by Minnesota, they go to 8-1 and one, or 9-1 and one if they win today. So... I mean, you look at that, and, and Minnesota could be burying it. And then you go against Cleveland. And you, if you, you get swept by Minnesota, you you won two games last year against Cleveland. So, yeah, that's going to be a huge series. And uh, it's Norris Friday, Verlander Saturday, and then Probably Zimmerman Sunday. Boy, I think Boyd Sunday. Boyd Sunday? Let's, yeah. I'll, I'll, from, from what I've seen in, in the app, they didn't update anything just yet. You have Boyd tomorrow. Then you have Fulmer Wednesday against Gibson. Thursday, you have Zimmerman. So it'd be Boyd on Sunday. Which means Friday, you'll have... Norris. Uh, well, they didn't announce yeah, it. But no- if you're going on the so rotation, Norris, Friday, JV, Norris, and then Boyd. And Boyd. So you have Norris and Boyd going against... Still the favorite, I think, in the American League uh, Central. If not the American... you know, One of the favorites in the American League. So, I don't know. How do you take the way Osmus has managed so far? Has he managed bad? I think that he's he's... I liked what he did today, you know, going out and talking to JV before he let him get that last out in the in the on the uh, in the seventh inning. But I think as a whole, I think he's he's managed well. He's you know played the right guys where he's need to play them. Um, but I still think he's mismanaged the bullpen. Like on opening day, you bring K Rod for a four out save. I know it's oh you don't bring him in. Why didn't you bring him out for a sort four out save? You do bring him in. Why did you do that? So it's it's a lose lose situation for a guy like Brad Osmus, but I I truly do think that um, he's done he's done a good job so far. I I agree. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see what he ends up doing though. I agree because you know what, he's not the one that built that bullpen. I think Joe Jimenez could be big. He could be a big piece to that bullpen. And he was and people said, oh, he should have been brought up last year. Well, now he's finally up here, and this now, is the same kind of treatment that Bruce Rondon got. Exactly to come up as what well, I was going to say. Bruce Rondon. Bruce Rondon was. Highly touted as the next best great relief pitcher, the Tigers' closer of the future. Throwing 104 miles an he hour. He was terrible in his major league stint so far. And I'm really scared if Joe Jimenez can be overly hyped. And, uh, again, we can't have that revolving door of bullpen pitchers, bringing Buck Farmer up and all these guys up for Hagen, bouncing them in and out. You can't have that again this year. you got to have a solid foundation in bullpen. Where you're no, You know if you're starting to go seven innings, you're turning it over to – to Justin, Justin Wilson, Wilson, then K-Rod. Or if you go six innings, then Jimenez, Wilson, K-Rod. You don't have to worry about all, the, all those other bums and Shane Green, Sanchez, and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Right now, four and two, you can't complain. You're you're still about 500. <laughs> you got, but, you hell, only, this could be the last time you're over 500 all year. Well, the only two things you can really complain about is, yeah, your bro, your bullpen blew the lead you know, yesterday. And, and you got lucky, opening day. And opening day, but you got lucky on opening day. But the other thing is, you lost to a bad Chicago team. And yeah. you, and you got blown out by a bad Chicago and, team. And you really didn't impress that much in your win against Chicago. No, it's you know, like I said, the only thing that really impressed was the three homers. You know, you had a guy like Jacoby Jones hit his home run, Kinsler hit his home run, Castellanos hit his and home run. And if Quintana was on his game, you're probably losing that game. Yeah. Verlander pitched great, but he struggled a little bit. 
But if Quintana's on his game, the elite pitcher that everyone's talking about trying to acquire, if he's on top of his game, you're probably losing that game. And if you get a healthy Boston team, you could be staring down the barrel at an 0-6 uh, start. So, again, take it for what it's worth. You're 4-2. But I'm not going to write into it. Next week we could, you know, could be talking about an entirely different story. <laughs> we'll but be done with the three-game series with Cleveland. You got Minnesota and then Cleveland. So we'll be talking about Minnesota and Cleveland. And then you have the off day next Monday, too. So that would be your first off day of the year besides the rain out. Then you go to Tampa, to Minnesota, then you're home for another uh, – 10 days for Seattle and Chicago, Chicago and then Cleveland for four. Yep. So, uh, you know, these are more very important games. A lot of divisional games early in the season against Chicago, Minnesota, and Cleveland. You don't see Kansas City, I think, till the second week of May, if not the third week of May. Last week of May. Last week. All right. So you, you, got, Kansas City. you got a while before you face Kansas City. So hopefully you're not buried in the division, losing division games, because that was what killed this Tigers team last year. They would have been a playoff team. If they would have won two more games against Cleveland, you were out by one game out of the, out of the wild card. So, so uh, that's all I got. Like I said, I'm 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 good as well. Um, like I said, I had had a great weekend. Got to see two two Tiger games. You know, and by the end of the month, I'll be probably around four. You know, after with, with this weekend, and then you know towards the end of the month when we're uh, you know going to see Seattle. So that's four games right there that I'll be getting to see, and that's probably the most I've had in a, in a while. You know, especially in the first month of the baseball season, but. Uh, and I was told I had to do this, but shout out on National Siblings Day. Um, you know, come from a big family. You know, you have two of the greatest siblings, right? You know, Johnny, Johnny and Courtney. I do, yeah. So shout out to them too, Johnny and Courtney. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the, uh, the the 11 siblings on my side, so I'll just say, uh, you know, happy happy National Siblings Day. What sucks is they probably don't care to think that and say that to us. So look at us being nice. But again, all right, for Jonathan Schantz. I'm Andrew Cox. Again, everybody, thank you for tuning in on this uh, Monday after the Tigers' day game against Boston where they won the series three games to one, which is nice because if you look at it, yeah, Boston was uh, hurt, but you still can take positives out of that. So everyone have a great night. Have a safe week. Happy Easter, uh, everyone, on Sunday. And uh, Happy early birthday, bud, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. My birthday's on Easter. Can't wait. But no, all right. And then uh, next Monday we got our show, and then we'll be off for two weeks because I'll be in California the following week. So uh, I'll be catching the Padres-Diamondbacks game uh, Wednesday night in uh, the 19th in Petco Park. Very excited about that. So uh, everyone have a great night. Take care. Have a great week. listening to the Down River Download. The Down River Download has been hosted by Jonathan Schantz and Andrew Cox. The Down River Download can be heard every Monday night at 6.30 p.m. Be sure to listen afterwards by clicking on the link on Facebook or Twitter.